everybody and welcome to the Halloween special of We Watched a Thing. <laughs> How you feeling, Dave? You feeling spooky? I'm well fucking spooky. <laughs> That's right, because this week, uh, no new movies out. We hadn't decided last week what we were doing. And then you said, well, hey, it's, you know, it's a couple of days out from Halloween. Why don't we talk some underappreciated horror flicks? Yeah, seeing as how we couldn't get our fucking acts together and actually do a <laughs> Halloween episode with guests and things. Because, you know, life and shit. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag Noosecon for a bonus episode. Maybe I'll put that out Halloween night. I've made her watch some spooky movies. So... Uh, so that'll be fun. But in the meantime, tell me how you went about making this list. Because I, when you first messaged me and you said, should we do 10 or should we do five? I was like, oh, fuck. I don't know if I can do 10. And then I messaged you back about three minutes later saying, okay, I've got 10. <laughs> Did you find this list really hard? I, I found it hard to narrow down. I, I sort of just... Off the top of my... I've always got a list of... As you know by now, I'm sure. I've always got a... Whatever genre of movie or tv show i've always got locked and loaded about four or five things that i think everyone should fucking watch and yeah. i'm quite happy to shove them down people's throats <laughs> completely unasked yeah. so the, i sort of had my perennial ones that just sort of fired off bang 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 and then thought about it for a couple of days and i ended up with i don't know like 15 or something yeah. and yeah the way I narrowed it down, because because the purpose of this whole exercise is to give people cool stuff to go and watch. That's right. We're not you just know. doing our favourite horror movies or anything. It's no, no, no. underappreciated it's Underappreciated horror movies. horror movies. Yeah. So I went to and I looked at what I had as my top ten and three of them are completely fucking unavailable for any legal <laughs> means whatsoever. And I thought, well, that's just bullshit. I can't put something out there going, everyone should see this. But you can't. So <laughs> I swap those out and they'll just be honourable mentions that people, you know, should they sail the seven seas can go find for themselves. Yeah. Um, but um, so that that was how I got to my 10 is taking out stuff that I, I can't hand on heart say, hey, it's on Netflix or it's on whatever. Yeah. yeah. So every single one of my 10, I, I can tell people where to find it. Some nice. of them might require a three or four dollar Apple rental or something, <laughs> yeah. but they're all available. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll throw a couple of honorables out there at the end. Yeah. Um, nice. Well, my, my 10, I feel like are all relatively well known. There's maybe only one or two that I think might not be widely known, but I just, I, I, they're movies that I feel were or are still underappreciated. So that's kind yep. of the route I took with it. Um, before we go any further too, let me just shout out that I have finally got around to setting up a listener community Facebook group. Uh, for the show. I was uh, just going to talk to you about you off, off mic about this, but you jumped the gun. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> I went ahead and did it. Uh, you know, because with topics like this in particular, we've been asking for more listener feedback and maybe even throwing up a vote at the end. And that's stuff that we couldn't really do on the Facebook page and Twitter seems dead. So if you're enjoying the show and if you want, you know, to have your feedback shouted out and stuff, go join the listener group. I'll chuck a link in the show notes. And um, we'll look. Let's face it. We'll probably be pimping the shit out of this for the next few weeks. To, <laughs> yeah. So if you miss that post, there'll be others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's crack into it then. Um, and I'm just going to tell you off the bat, you're going to be really, really pissed off with at least one of my choices. If so... you've got Hoobie Halloween on here, <laughs> no, that that movie slaps. But it's more of a comedy <laughs> than a horror, so that wouldn't make. It does not. <laughs> All right. Why don't you kick us I'll off be, with your number 10? I'll be checking 10. all of your entries against the Bible. Oh, yes. You're holding up your little book that you wrote. It's, I can't believe you got that printed and everything. It looks amazing. <laughs> I am a good friend to my friends. Um, my number 10 is one of the ones I swapped out. So the original number 10 is just sadly unavailable. So I swapped it out. And my number 10 is an Australian film. It's fairly recent. I want to say it's about two years ago it would have come out. It's called The Furies. Oh, an Australian one? film. Yes. My, yeah. yeah, there um, are many, many films called The Furies. I should specify. This is the Australian one. Um, directed, if I'm not mistaken, by Tony D'Aquino. And I think it's about the only thing of note he's done. Um, it, it concerns a, a, a heroine wakes up sort of in a big crate out in the middle of the Australian bush. No idea where she, how, where she is or how she got there or anything. And then she sees there are other sort of trunks or crates opening and, uh, and other women getting out of them. Yep. And none of them know who they are. You know, or they know who they are. They don't know how they got there or, or what's going on. 
and and they soon discover that they're being stalked by these seemingly crazed killers all with scary masks on um and they have to obviously you know flee from these guys um they discover that they're sort of penned in by this electrical um fence that forms a perimeter around this sort of big area um and if they go past that they die um and then it's a question of just you know run and and hide and work yeah. out what the hell's going on. And uh, it's just I mean for something that is written by nobody of note. Sorry yeah. if if you're a listener, <laughs> but I don't know any of the shit in the credits. Um, directed by a guy who has only got a few things, none of which I recognise. And it's it's really well made. It's yeah. it's it's all on location stuff. It's all practical effects. It's as gory as fuck. It has one oh, of the yeah, yeah. harshest kills. Uh, it's not as over the top as stuff like Terrifier or, or Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, but it's so real and visceral and prolonged and slow. <laughs> this movie is not for the squeamish or faint-hearted yeah. at all. But it's really well made. It's it's kind of gritty and. It has a, it has an ending that you will never see coming a million miles away, which I liked. But it's one of those things that you kind of also irritates you, and I can't yeah, say yeah. why it irritates me. Or it it hints at a sequel that you know is never going to happen. Okay, yeah. One of those yeah. endings, which it kind of pisses me off, but I think it, it's certainly a, a cool surprise, and I didn't see it coming. Yeah. And I think yeah, for what is has to be a low budget film because there's no one of note. It is. I, I haven't seen it, but my. Um wife's dad's girlfriend's daughter is in it um oh wow <laughs> yeah so i, like I know in a ma- major role or just I, I believe so i believe so <laughs> cool that's amazing yeah yeah very cool <laughs> yeah so i, I was i, I was super impressed I, I've, I've i've seen this twice now and um i bought it on it's on blu-ray or 4k i do i do own it because i was that impressed by it yeah um nice. And yeah, if you can, if you're not too squeamish and you can handle a bit of claret and a bit of the old ultraviolence, as Alex yeah. Large would say, um, it's definitely worth seeking out. And yeah, nice. uh, readily available on Shutter, Prime, or AMC Plus if you're in parts of the nice. world that have those streaming services. All right. Well, my number ten is here at number ten on the list because it's it's probably more horror adjacent. It's it's kind of it's a psychological horror. Uh, and I'm going all the way all the way back to the 70s. This is the oldest film on my list, my and it's a film choice. starring Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh, can I guess? Yes, you can. Is it magic? It is magic. Great yes, film. <laughs> great film. Yep, it's basically the story of a man and his ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> I was I was reminded of this film recently because uh, my kids are at that age where they've started to get into goosebumps. And oh, um, slappy or slappy, whatever. yeah, yeah. So we watched Night of the Living Dummy the other night, uh, the you know the old '90s TV episode, and it just reminded me of this. Slappy movie. is pretty much based on the ventriloquist dummy uh, magic, hundred percent. Yeah, face. yeah. That that's what made me think of it, and I was like, oh fuck, I should rewatch Magic. It's it's a great, and I I don't know the the other reason it's down here at number ten is I don't know how much this falls into underappreciated or whether it's more just forgotten like i just feel like i think same old same old it's it, you know if it's people people aren't talking about it people aren't watching it still it's kind of i mean there's films from the 70s that still get yeah. played still get talked about yeah. you know magic is very much not in that camp so i think yeah. it totally qualifies so have, yeah, have you read the book no i've not no it's, it's a william goldman book oh, i fucking love um, william goldman princess yeah, so- bride Princess Bride, Marathon Man, yeah. um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. Yeah. One of my top five authors yeah. of all time. I, I love Great his screenwriter books. too. Um, oh, the best screenwriter. Um, yes. And yet, yeah, I, I can't recall if he did the screenplay for this, but it's definitely his I'll novel. I'll have to double check. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. That's my number 10, Magic. If you haven't seen it, check nice it out. It's, it's more of a, like I said, a psycho. It's more that descent into madness, psychological horror oh, than it is. You Hopkins know, is so good. He's fantastic. And right. so young. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how young he was. If you've never seen Anthony Hopkins without wrinkles and with dark hair. <laughs> All right. On to your number nine, mate. Number nine. Another Australian film. Because oh, okay. we're, we're, we're unsung in the horror genre and we do some good stuff. Um, this is a film by writer-director Kaya Roach-Turner. Okay. Who has got a certain amount of notoriety now for um, 
Wormwood and Wormwood. Uh, ah, yes. Okay. Road of Apocalypse or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. His two super cool zombie apocalypse meets Mad Max post-apocalyptic films, which are both highly recommended, but I feel like they're quite well known for horror aficionados. Yeah. But in between those two films, he did a film called Necrotronic. Okay, I haven't even heard of it. Um, which uh, stars um, Ben O'Toole, who the year late, the year after Necrotronic, was in another film called Bloody Hell, which al- almost made this list. Um, <laughs> but he, he's a regular bloke. He's a, a Garbo uh, from memory. Um, he and his mate uh, do a, a drive their garbage truck around picking up rubbish and through weird plot machinations which i won't go into ends up finding out that he is a necromancer or a, a demon yep. hunter yep. um david wenham and his two oh, right attractive female <laughs> i think they're both i think they're his daughters yep. um who are, who are all demon hunters um sort of pull him into their inner circle and he starts learning the ropes of how to hunt and kill demons. All the demons uh, that, that are rising are controlled and, and ruled over by the demon goddess played yep. by Monica Bellucci. <laughs> right, in an Australian How they film. fucking scored her. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, and th- this movie is like Wormwood, the, t- the Wormwood films. It yep. punches so far above its weight in terms of how good it looks, the effects, yeah, right, uh, everything. Um, it looks fantastic. It is hysterically funny. The the, the screenplay is amazing. It, it, there are so many laugh out loud lines in this. Um, ben O'Toole's best mate Rangi, who's this um, Kiwi guy that, that that's his sort of buddy, ends up. And it's not really a spoiler because it happens very early on, and it's not a point of the plot. He ends up being killed, but it, it is a revenant. So he's kind of like, um, um, uh, what's his name in American Werewolf in London? He's kind of the comedy sidekick yeah, okay. who's yeah, yeah, undead. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so funny. Yeah, and nice. I, you, you would absolutely love it. I will add it to the list. Cannot sure. recommend it highly enough. It is a absolute good time. Um, best four ninety nine rental you could spend on Apple. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, fantastic. Nice. Um, and the, 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 the two daughters, uh, one of whom you wouldn't have probably seen much unless you watched the short-lived uh, Jason Bourne spin-off Treadstone on TV. Um, but the other one, Carolyn Ford, anyone who watched The Amazing Carnival Row will be familiar with. She was in that. Yeah, um, cool. And, yeah, David Wenham, you know, so there's, yeah. there's some good people in it. Monica Bellucci. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. My number nine, like I said at the start, I, don't, I feel like all of my films are – relatively well known and this is one of them i feel like this is one that at the time it came out maybe people were more aware of and now it's just really fallen off it's a stephen king adaptation because i love my stephen king and Ooh. this one is starring johnny depp it's secret Window. Ah, yeah i remember you saying you were keen to rewatch that i love this movie it's I think a good it's, movie i yeah. think it's been well forgotten like you know you could you could say, name me five Stephen King adaptations, and most people wouldn't have trouble at all. But I feel no. like you'd probably get to 15 or 20 before somebody named this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, and and I, I, know, I know I like it. I know I've seen it multiple times, but I it, it blurs together with me. I think I said this before. It blurs together with me with the dark half with Timothy Hutton. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because they're both about horror writers. They, which is, and, you and, know, and, and, and it's a th- Stephen King is a writer. You know, about, yeah. They, they sort of got misery in the mix as well. Um, there's elements, you know, plot elements of plagiarism and writer's block. And there's, there's sort of a little bit of crossover. So I tend yeah. to get them muddled a bit. It, now, Secret Window, is that the one with John Turturro? I don't recall. Is, is, is he being accused of plagiarism by someone? I don't recall. It's been <sighs> a while. But see, I need to go and rewatch them both now as well because I'm yeah. getting them. Yeah. They're, they're all just blurred together. I, in I my will mind. warn. I will warn you. There's a website you can go to, um, doesthedogdie.com, and it will tell you if the dog dies in a movie. I'll tell you right now, dog dies in this one. Yeah, I don't own pets. I, I, I don't get why that website even exists. But apparently, yeah, people really have an issue with that sort of thing. Yeah. All um, right, your number eight. Uh, eight, eight, eight. Um, oh, this is probably the. I got to say, this is the kind of least underappreciated. I kind of feel like people, everyone should know about this, but no one ever talks about it. So I'm putting it in here. It's a film called The Voices. The Voices with okay. Ryan Reynolds. No, I'm not familiar with it. Oh, there we go. Oh, that 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 works then. Um, 
so I should have written down years for these. This is, I'm going to say this is probably five, six, seven years old, maybe. Yeah. Um, I know it was sort of around about the time he was doing kind of sh shit like the proposal and RIPD <laughs> and that sort of, yeah. you know, big mainstream paycheck shit. But then he did a couple of absolute bangers. One of them was a film called Buried. Yeah, yeah, Buried which is Which is classic. basically... The, the entire movie is a close-up of his face while he's in a coffin. Yes, um, yeah. And probably the best acting he's ever done. I think that's a cracking Easily. film. Easily, yeah. Um, but then, then he also did this film, The Voices, which is written and directed by um, Marjan Satrapi, who is an Iranian lady. Right. Who um, sort of lived through the fall of the Shah and all of that and then moved to France when she was um, a teenager or early 20s or something, wrote... Um, amazing graphic novel called Persepolis which is this, and then made an animated film of that which is awesome it's just sort of black and white fairly simple animation but really really moving um about sort of her childhood and the, you know all of that and then out of the blue did this thing which is about Ryan Reynolds who's this I'm gonna say he has social difficulties um he works in a factory packing boxes is cheery and happy and bubbly to the point of being you know you think maybe he's got intellectual yeah, slightly okay. handicapped yeah. um but you you find out as as the movie progresses that he's on fairly heavy medication his his he see, regularly sees a psychiatrist played by jackie weaver who um sort of is asking him you know how are you adjusting how's life and he, he's sort of got a friendship with um a Girl at Work, played by Anna Kendrick. Yeah. and Makes sense why this is on your list now. <laughs> and he has a crush on a girl at work, played by Gemma Arterton. I mean, okay. the, the, yep. the boxes are being checked. Um, but then when you see, when he goes home, he's got a dog and a cat who talk to him, and he talks back. And Ryan Reynolds voices both of them. The cat's okay. got a Scottish accent. The dog's got a, oh, yeah, sort of a voice. Um, and so you've got, it, it, it's peak Ryan Reynolds in that sense. But he goes off his medication at one point. Yeah, and and then people start dying. <laughs> so, is it a horror comedy or it's a horror? It's 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 probably more of a comedy than a horror. There is a okay, fair amount yeah. of blood in it and killings and decapitations and yeah, um, and it doesn't end happy, but it's pure Ryan Reynolds. So yeah, nice serial killer movie, but with Ryan Reynolds. Well, that one's definitely I, I, on the list. Yeah, I think it is. It's what I mean. Along with Buried, it's probably the best thing he's ever done. Yeah. It's possibly the funniest he's ever been, yeah. and that includes his Twitter account, which is some of the best comedy on the planet. Um, it's it's so unique and so enjoyable to watch, and you don't you know people who aren't really into horror will still appreciate it because it's 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 not it's all he's our protagonist and our heroes. So at no point is anything scary or even you know exciting in the, in that sense. Yeah, it's it's more kind of watching this guy unravel. And how yeah, he deals yeah. with it, but still being funny. Yeah, cool. Um, and it's yeah, him voicing the pets is kind of what makes it because the, the, the conversations he has with the pets are so funny. The cat yeah. and the dog do not get along. The dog's kind of friendly <laughs> and stupid, and the cat's this scathing Scottish voice, <laughs> and and kind of the devil on his shoulder going, "You should kill her. You'll feel better." <laughs> I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, all right, really, really good. My number eight, um, I think. I've, sh I've shown already, you know, with Secret Window, my, my sweet spot for horror movie thrillers is, you know, 90s, early 2000s, and I'm going right back there. Um, this is a movie that I, I never understood why this wasn't more widely recognized. It's got a banging cast of Annette Bening and Robert Downey Jr. Do you know the movie I'm talking about now? No. See, this is what I mean. Nobody saw this movie. It's called In Dreams. Okay. Oh. Came out, so. came out around the same time as The Gift with uh, Kate Blanchett. Gift. Great movie. Katie, and, Katie Holmes. I think yes, you should yeah. have at the top of that list. <laughs> and it's a similarish kind of premise. Annette Benning's daughter goes missing, is found dead at the bottom of a lake. And Annette Benning believes that she is having kind of premonitions and kind of inserts herself into the, uh, the, the uh, search for her daughter, yep. like for, for the murderer. And it's, it's a great movie. It's... It's more creepy than scary, probably, but it uses a lot of atmosphere. Like, there's big scenes set at, like, an apple orchard. Um, there's big scenes set around, like, a town that was flooded. Like, it's 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 a great atmospheric kind of, I guess, fantasy horror. Can't mm -hmm. recommend it enough. Both Annette Benning and Robert Downey Jr. are great in it. So if you yeah, haven't seen it, it, 
Mate, go no, check it out. On, that's on why it's, that's why it's on this list because nobody saw it, and I don't know why. I I loved this movie. This was one of the old you know video store day movies for me, where I rented it mm. back then, and and I've watched it a few times since. Big fan. Yeah, no, never even heard of it. So all right, I'm, I'm gonna might check that out tonight after this. Nice, very right. keen. You're number seven. Alrighty, number seven. Um, you you may already know this but i'm a huge fan of italian horror director dario argento you wait you're um, kidding you're kidding <laughs> okay no, keep man. going yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and I, I mean obviously he's got some big classic things like suspiria and that, that yes that, okay um, so, so everyone okay. knows yeah um and and that along with the exorcist my, probably my favorite horror movie of all time but yeah. i feel like his pre-suspiria stuff kind of gets overlooked um and th- they're, all three of the, those films are great. Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Cat of Nine Tails are great. What I'm going with here is Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Okay, I haven't heard of this one. Not only is one of the coolest movie titles of all time, um, <laughs> it's just an amazing um, giallo psychological slasher type yeah. uh, film. Uh, concerns a musician and there's a it's hard to sort of touch the plot because like all of those this you kind of need to go on the mystery journey of the film but um so stylishly directed it has one of the best death scenes in cinema history um that is delivered in such incredible slow motion that you've sort of got bits of broken glass moving across the screen like this yeah You, you know you're close in on on the victim's face absolutely amazing and it's right at the end of the film so i don't want to even talk about what sort of a death it is it's it's sort of the last thing just before the credits roll um but it's super fucking stylish yeah um score by Ennio morricone is amazing especially over that final death scene but the, the whole score is, is amazing um and yeah can't recommend it highly enough close yeah, nice. to a five out of five film for me it's nice. and everything that he did prior to yeah. sort of the mid eighties, I think is yeah. close to five out of five stuff. And then you've got very much diminishing returns after probably creepers or there, yeah. or, 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 you know, opera, they, it sort of goes a bit downhill for Argento, but All right. up until then, he's one of the best directors of, of horror in the in, around. And yeah, four cool. flies on gray velvet, which um, if you've got Plex, it's one of the things you can stream for free. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, so, uh, over to my number seven, the reason I had a little chuckle and, oh my God, seriously, when uh, you started talking, is that uh, my number seven, in 1977, uh, you know, classic director Dario Argento put out Suspiria, oh, one of the so uh, greatest horror films uh, ever made. And then in uh, yep. 2018, um, it was remade into one of the most oh, underappreciated horror films ever made. Yeah, um, it's, it's not as good, but I, it, it is very good. And Tilda yeah. Swinton should have got a Best Actress she and wasn't should've. even nominated because the Academy sucks. Well, and here's the thing. Like, I'm actually surprised that you um, – well, I thought this was the one that would piss you off, me having this on here, because I know how no. much you love the original Suspiria, and so do it's, I. But I don't think it's as good. I, it's I, not I as think, good. No, of I course not. I think it's not. a little But here's long, the thing. It's a different, it's well made. But here's the thing. It's, it's a different film, and I yeah. think that a lot of people – hated it just because it was a different film and it's like you know why they bother remaking but you know what i i think it's, it's it, it doesn't movie. fall in that camp for me at all yeah, i think right. it's, it's it's you cannot fault the filmmaking it's beautiful no. made. yes the um, acting i think is great like tilda well, swinton God, was ment- mental blank 50 shades what's her name um dakota johnson thank you i, I agree She's i great. agree she blew me out of the water in this film i i've Gave never me a seen goth. in anything Apart from bloody, um, oh, I hadn't even seen Fifty Shades. I just heard of it and I wasn't going to bloody watch it. But she was amazing <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Dame, Dame Mia Goth, who just missed my top 10 last week when we were doing <laughs> um, People We'd Watch Do Anything. Yeah. So good. And, and I mean, Tilda Swinton, Jesus yeah. Christ, three roles and yes. one of them. No, if, if anyone who claims yeah. they knew it was her, Eighty-year-old old dude. Yeah, I you're, you're fucking lying. I yep. don't believe you because that she is unrecognizable in that. It's yep. it, I I couldn't even pick that it was someone in a lot of makeup. I just thought it was an old dude. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Should have got should have got the Oscar for makeup. Yeah. Should have got an Oscar for Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um, and if they gave Oscars for unsettling 
death scenes, that fucking ballet thing where someone, the woman is slowly broken <laughs> yes, bone by bone. It's so oh my good. God, that's a rough watch. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, there you go. That's my good number pick. seven, Suspiria. On to you for your nice. number six. Uh, six, six, six. Ooh, yeah, six, six, six. Very horror. Um, uh, I'm going with a film called He Never Died. I haven't um, seen it. Which is a, it's, it's freely available on Netflix. Uh, you don't even need to pay a rental for this one. Um, written and directed by a guy called um, Jason Krawczyk, who has not done anything else of note other than write the sequel She Never Died, um, and does have a film in post-production called Sunset Superman, which does sound quite cool about yeah. a home invasion. Um, but He Never Died concern. We have a main character played by Henry Rollins, and he's uh, and and I should say I will put up links to trailers for all of these afterwards, yeah, okay. so if people yep. want to kind of get a sense of them to see if it. I'm not putting up a trailer for this because the trailer spoils it. <laughs> Do not watch the trailer for this because it fucking spoils kind of the big twist of it. It's it's yeah one of those which is it's why Billy and I hate trailers because they do shit like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, R Rollins plays this everyday schlub. He lives a quiet life uh, in his little apartment. Uh, he goes and he plays bingo in the evenings and is leads a completely unremarkable life. And then um, is in this, he, he uh, yeah, so he plays bingo. He goes to this local diner where he's obviously got a crush on the waitress, um, but doesn't ever act on that. He just sort of goes there for every meal. Um, and then this young girl comes into his life claiming to be his daughter and something things happen to her that force him to sort of come into, spring into action and try and uh, he has to go and save her essentially from yeah. some bad gangster types. Um, anything else is going to be a spoiler, but the movie fucking goes places. Yeah. Okay. He Henry Rollins is a revelation. He is a force of nature in this movie. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, I like him. So, I mean, you've got me just on him. Like that's, oh, yeah. this is, I mean, this is not like Johnny Mnemonic, Henry Rollins doing a stunt casting. This is, uh, it was written with him in mind. Yeah. And um, um, <clears throat> Jason Krawczyk, who, who I, I did message through Twitter a few years back saying, fuck, I love your movies, dude. When's the third <laughs> one? Because it, it, um, once you sort of watch She Never Died, it's, it, there's a, there is a, there's obviously a third film that has never yeah. happened, um, <laughs> which pisses me off because I, I want to know where that story goes. Um but um, he did say, and, and I've since seen Rollins interviewed where he said the same thing. This guy just wrote this thing with Rollins in mind and sent it to him. And Rollins got the script. And, and he, Henry Rollins gets fucking scripts all over the place. Yeah. Um, he got it, read it, got straight in touch with the guy and said, when do we start? Yeah, right. <laughs> and this guy had never thought he'd get a response. And he was like, um, 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 still looking for funding. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's so worth seeing. Nice. Um, All right. Yeah. It's on the Big list. Fan. All right. Well, my number six is a movie that I doubt you've heard of. I doubt lots of people have heard of. It's a 2005 movie. Um, no real big names in the cast. No, it, it's based on a book by Jack Ketchum, uh, which is a true story. The film is called The Girl Next Door. And it's a true story of a girl. <laughs> Not called Elisha Cuthbert as the porn star <laughs> no, no different no. movie no. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is based on the true story of a, a young girl uh, named Sylvia Likens you might know that name from the trials and stuff so uh. basically uh, mid 50s her parents were going away and they left her and her younger sister with this aunt uh, who had several sons and basically what happened is the aunt kept her locked up in the basement chained up Ooh. and just let all oh the neighborhood god. boys come around and <clears throat> do whatever they wanted to her oh my um, god she was down there to for, her niece yeah yeah she was down there for oh. like months just tortured raped all kinds of horrific stuff and the film itself the filmmaking isn't anything extraordinary and i, I kind of wonder if part of that is why it works and kind of the point because parts of it almost look like a tv movie <sighs> And I think that that actually kind of works for the the kind of daylighty 50s scenes. It kind of makes everything a bit happy and bubbly and not all that tense. But just the stuff that this happened that happened to this girl is just absolutely horrendous. And I think the fact that it it is true is makes it harder to watch. But so th this one's not a horror comedy. I'm no, assuming. it's not. No, it's not. This one's a straight wow. horror thriller drama. Yeah. I guess. I guess drama mainly, but. It's it's intense and uh, sounds, you know it sounds like fucking last house on the left. 
it, it's it's just it's just rough. And then if you go down the rabbit hole of you know reading the Wikipedia page or whatever about this girl, um, it's it, it's shocking. And it just happened in suburbia, like where you just wouldn't expect. So this one's a, a hard watch. This is the hardest watch on my list. Like I watch a lot of horror movies, and none really affect me. This is kind of the only one that ever did, which is why it makes the list. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, if if you're into true crime or you know, I'm intrigued. I think it's, it's worth it a watch. I mean, yeah, it does doesn't sound pleasant, but I am intrigued. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, not it's not overly last house on the left meets flowers in the attic type yeah. of vibe. <laughs> and it's not overly gory. Like what happens to her is horrific, but you don't see a lot of it. You know, like like I said, she was raped several times. It's not like there's brutal rape scenes on screen or anything. But it's just, it's a hard watch. Oh, just yeah. the fact that it's her aunt. That's yeah. the bit that's kind of sticking in my craw. It's like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 Wow. All right. What's it called? The, the Girl last, Next Door. Girl Next Door. Yeah. Let's get right. it. Yeah. On to the, your the number five. Throwing me because all I can see is Emil Hirsch <laughs> lusting <laughs> over his, yeah. Um, what are we up to? Uh, five. five. Oh, fuck. I love this movie. Um, all right. Readily available on Shutter. Or if you don't have a shutter, you can pay four ninety nine on Apple uh, for the film Caveat. Caveat, haven't heard of it. I, we um, haven't had a single crossover. We probably won't. Uh, there's ooh, one or two maybes. That, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, again, it's a, a film by. It's, it's written directed by a guy called Damian McCarthy, who's not done anything else of note, much of anything. Um, he has uh, one other horror film that's going to be coming out shortly called Oddity, but. You won't know him. You won't know probably any of the cast. Um, but uh, concerns a guy who is a sort of a drifter, unemployed, takes a job that he sees advertised on a whatever the British equivalent of like <laughs> Craigslist or whatever is, um, to go and sort of be a companion to this um, young woman who's got psychological issues. Her He's a brother or a um, cousin or something is the guy placing the ad. He just wants someone to go and basically just sort of in, in this remote house with, that she refuses to leave, even though her parents have passed away. Um, he just wants someone to go and be with her because he's worried about her by herself because he says, oh, yeah, she's not all there. But, you know, she doesn't want to leave because, uh, you know, it's too much emotional attachment to the house. So this guy goes, oh, she fucking pays amazing. All I've got to do is go and, you know, give this bitch company. Woohoo! Um, once he gets there, um, he sort of discovers there is a lot more to the job than the ad uh, described. Um, there is some creepy shit going on in that house. Um, and, yeah, I won't say any, any more, but this this film has some really creepy moments. Yeah, right. Okay. It, it, it's very well made. Um, it has the creepiest toy in the history of humanity. If you imagine the the ever ready bunny, you know, yeah. the, but you take all of its fur off and have it just kind of tatty leather, yeah, with its eyes kind of bulging out, and then you starve it for six months so that it's all emaciated, and then you just have it randomly start drumming unprompted, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's horrific. Um, yeah, this 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 movie is so well made. Yeah, right. Uh, so original, and I mean, it didn't. I, I, other than probably Festival Circuit, I don't know that it got a release anywhere. Um, yeah. it is on Shutter, so if you've got Shutter, go for broke. Um, but it's so worth seeing. Yeah, um, it's genuinely creepy. The yeah. fucking rabbit will haunt your nightmares. <laughs> um. Yeah, really good. Caveat. C-A-V-E-A-T. My number five is a film that, despite having a huge cast, was a massive failure at the box office. It was made on only a $15 million budget and it grossed only 12. Wow. Um, Yeah. And as soon as I say the director, you're going to know what it is. I was a fan of this guy before he was big. He's big now for the MCU and the DCU. I'm talking about oh, James Gunn. Okay, I know where you're going. I fell in love with James Gunn from the reality show Scream Queens, which I've made you <laughs> watch, which is fucking fantastic from like 2006, I want to say. Uh, but I'm talking Slither. 
Mm, um, you know film. I'm a you know I'm a big B movie fan. I love my. Oh, you know, and this is old a fifties B movie with monster a movies. Yes, hundred percent. Story story yeah. of a small town that's overrun by alien parasites, and it's got a fairly big cut. You know Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks. Sure, back then they weren't the names they are now. I mean, um, Fillion's been in I think everything he's ever made. Hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is just it's a, it's a fun time. Definitely falls. Into is the Michael Rooker in that as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's he all is. of the it's all of the yeah. guns stable of actors, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Jenna Fisher, uh, who's I don't know if you've the watched office? the U.S. Office. Yes, but I, they I were know, married. At I know the time. her because she's super pretty, but I don't. I haven't watched it. No. Well, they were married at the time. Um, oh, really? which a lot of people don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's married to someone. He's married to the chick from Peacemaker now, isn't he? Because he puts her in everything these days. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were married. They got divorced around around the time of this, actually. Um, but yeah, no, great movie, good fun. Highly recommend it, especially if, like me, you enjoy your kind of B movie fare. It takes all of those tropes, but like good you effects said, for it, that budget. Though. I, I yeah. assumed it. I yeah. assumed I would have assumed it cost more than that because the effects yeah. are actually pretty solid. Yeah, um, and not 100%. what you would expect for what fifteen million yeah. bucks. So, so there you go. That's my number five, Slither. Over fun to you. film. I haven't seen that in years. I should watch that again. Um, all right, uh, now this is another swap out. So I'm not putting that because you can't find it. I am putting a film called Slashback. Slashback. Haven't and it's, heard of it. it. It's slash slash <laughs> back. Yep. One word. Um, so Slashback is um, all right. Imagine the thing, which is yep. a good film. A good good film. Imagine that story. A great film. But set in a remote Canadian fishing village and instead of a bunch of adult scientists, the multiple aliens need to be fended off by a group of teenage Inuit girls with yeah. attitude. Okay. Um, it's not as full on as the thing, but it is a huge amount of fun. The girls, none of whom had acted before, they were all just found... It, the village where this is filmed and it's all done on location, they just talent scouted local girls. So none of them had acted before and they're all great. Yeah. The effects are amazing for what would have been a fuck all budget. Uh, writer, director, uh, Nyla Inuksuk, <laughs> who I assuming is <laughs> an Inuit um, director. <laughs> Never heard of him. Doesn't have a huge pedigree of other films. Um, but the effects are really, really great. There's some s stunt work. Um, so, the alien, I don't want to give too much away, but the aliens sort of take over humans yep. and, and inhabit their bodies. And the stunt work by the people who then, you know, are those bodies, it's it's like um, if anyone's seen Malignant, yeah. it's that level of creepy fucking movement and walking. You know, it's really, really well done. Um, yeah, cool. I was super impressed. I watched it thinking it looked like something the kids would like because it's, you know, it's all teenage girls. It's, I think, other than Leo, who would love it, I think it's a little bit too much in terms of the violence and deaths and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was so impressed I watched it again a few weeks later because it's it's yeah, it's right. a huge amount of fun. The girl, yeah. the, the, it's four main girls and then some, you know, boys that they're interested in. There's some other teenagers. It's all kids yeah. that are the protagonists. Um, but, no, it's super good. You'd like it. Nice. I'll check it out. Slashback. Shutter Prime and AMC Plus. All right. My number four is the first and probably only real uh, slasher film on my list, which is weird because I love a slasher. Big fan of Scream, Urban Legend, all of those, you know. And this uh, is going back to 1981. Um, I'm sure you've seen this. It's a film called The Burning. I know the name, but I can't actually remember. What right, it's about. right. I know, I've, I know, I've seen it, but probably not it's, since it's, uh, it's it's a camp slasher, effectively. So it came As out in, at a camp, or like Ooh, at, <laughs> at, a, at a camp. So it's woodsy. It, it came out the same year, actually, as uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. And mm, I think a lot it's of right people, in that sweet spot. Yeah, I haven't I listened a, to the eighty-one episode, but this has got to be on well, Paul's. I, I was just going to say, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> actually going to say too much about it, other than I, I think it's really good. Uh, but anyone who's interested in hearing more about it, go check out uh, the Slashers podcast. The Slashers, our great friends. Indeed. Paul from The Countdown and Jason from Binge Movies, they've been looking at, you know, the kind of slasher boom from 1980 to 1984, and they do talk about this film. Uh -huh. um, but, yeah, I just think it's I think it's better than Friday the 13th Part 2, definitely, <laughs> which you were saying the other night you haven't seen any of I've those. I've only seen the first one. So you've um, never seen Jason Voorhees. <laughs> 
Well, I have, but like, not, like I don't recall. Surely ever, you've seen Jason in space. I, you I must don't have seen recall Jason watching X. an entire film. That Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween franchises have never resonated with me. Yeah, right. Um, See, I love a slasher, so Halloween. I, I want is. my horror films either supernatural or grounded in reality. Don't give me a grounded in reality one where the where, where there's just. So your favorite slasher then would be Nightmare on Elm Street. Because it's supernatural. Big fan of Nightmare on Elm Street. Big fan yeah. of Phantasm, Hellraiser, those franchises. Yeah. yeah. Um, or give me a straight slasher like Black Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, Great don't give me something where you, you, the writers haven't bothered to explain why this guy can suddenly reappear somewhere else or survive something <laughs> that no one can survive. You know, you've got to be one or the other. That's yep. yeah. That's why they have right. ever. Well, that's my number four. The burning. Yep. Over to you. Nice. Uh, do, 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 number three. All right. This is probably the best known of mine, but I kind of feel like even though it is a very famous director, particularly of horror, this one kind of never gets talked about anymore. And to my mind, it's it's probably in my top three or four of his films. And it's John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Which I think is one of the ones in his sort of unspoken trilogy, along with is it? no, it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Probably talking <laughs> shit. Um, it's it, it's um, concerns a horror writer, very yeah. much in the vein of Stephen King or Dean Koontz, called Sutter Kane, played with great aplomb by the immortal Jürgen Brock. Now, um, he of um, submarine fame, um, and he's this reclusive horror writer. His publishers are waiting on his new book, and it's late to be delivered and so they send one of their um sort of agent slash investigator guys sam neil out to go and find him because they don't know where the fuck this guy is um to find him get the book or find out when it's being delivered and bring it back to them because they're overdue to hit the shelves and millions of fans are all gagging for the thing he along with um an employee this woman who's employed by the publisher um go on this road trip to try and try and find this author, Sutter Kane, who lives, you know, ostensibly in this uh, town that where all of his books are set. It's all very Derry, Maine and Stephen <laughs> yeah, King. Yeah. Um, and when they get to this place, it, the whole town's fucked up and weird. Everything, is, you know, is, you know, is it, it Sam Neill gets to the point where he doesn't know if he's dreaming or not dreaming. He's seeing things. Yeah. And... All the while, people around the world are going insane reading his books. Um, very early on in the film, this guy goes on a rampage with an axe and all he keeps saying to people is, do you read Sutter Kane? Um, yeah. And, yeah, Sam Neill just basically goes and it's a descent into Lovecrafty and hell after that. Um, cool practical effects. Uh, um, there's some real creepy as shit stuff. Jürgen yeah. Prochnow is chewing the scenery like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> it's amazing. Um it's great, right? And and I, I, I mean, it's not quite the thing. It's not yeah. quite big trouble. But this, I put this up with they live and yeah, okay. you know some of yeah. some of his absolute best stuff. But it's it's people seem to forget about it. No one mentions it when they're talking about John Carpenter. This is never one that seems to sort of come into the conversation. And and I reckon it's an absolute fucking cracker. Nice. All right, my number two then is similar to yours. It's it's a it's a big director who was not typically known for horror. They've made a couple of horror films since. And this is a movie with a ridiculous with a premise so ridiculous that I think, despite it being actually um, put together really well and quite creepy at parts, I think its ridiculous premise kind of overshadowed the film as a whole. And I'm talking about Tusk. Oh, you're not! Come on! I am. I absolutely this am. Fucking trash. Tusk <laughs> is fucking great. Look. I am a giant Kevin Smith <coughs> fan, but the man has made some stinkers, particularly in the last couple of years. This is not one of them. Yogos, Tusk, come on in. <laughs> but yeah, I think with this, he kind of showed that he had some good horror sensibilities. And then, you know, particularly with uh, Red State, which I think is a See, really good. fantastic film. Yeah. But Tusk, you know, yes, its premise is absolutely bonkers. And it's it, hooked. <laughs> it is. And yet, the sequence of Justin Long actually being transformed into this Him in that suit it's, oh. is more distressing to me than it is. It's distressing. It is. Yes. I think the movie's, I think the movie's trash. It's no. not. It's it's almost Yogo's as bad. It's bad, but it is very unsettling to watch. It's unsettling. And I, I think that it's a it, really uh, underrated what's it, who's horror the, what's film. What's his name? Who's the guy? Who's the the, the old dude? I fucking 
Michael Michael Parks Parks is is yeah. really good, but yeah. he's always really good, even though he always plays the same. There's some, yeah, character. he does. Yeah, there's some great you know kind of double handed scenes in this film between Michael Parks and Justin Long, and it it is really really tense. The only thing actually that loses this movie for me is Johnny Depp and the Johnny Depp storyline. Once you get into his is it kind this one of where he's playing, the he's weird a bit of like Pink Kevin Panther detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once once he pops up and starts investigating, that's when the movie loses it for me. That, Despite this being about a man being turned into a walrus, that is the bit that becomes silly, the investigator. But I think the actual walrus scenes I did say he's never insane. been bad in anything that I've seen last week. <laughs> You're now reminding me... That I mean, he's in yoga much, hoses? Much as I will defend Mordecai till my dying breath as being a great film with a great performance, he, he has hammed it up. <laughs> too much on occasion. <laughs> I think Tusk is so underrated, though. Like I, I'll I watch genuinely, it. Tell you what, I will watch it again and report back because I haven't seen it do since it. VHS, do it. and don't I remember thinking it was there's, garbage. But don't get me wrong. There's some silly parts, but <clears throat> like you were used the word distressing, and I think that's right. Like it is, it's unsettling, which I think is not often pulled off that well in horror movies, and I think here it really is. So there you go, well, the, Tusk. At the end of the day, what happens to Justin Long is it is on a par with Human Centipede. It's, it's it is. really, yeah. really, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. send shivers up your spine, icky. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. All right, Ugh. we're on to your number mm. one then. No, two. Oh, I totally two. skipped over my number three. Tusk was my number two. Oh, fucking hell, that's even more ridiculous. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll swap them. Tusk is now okay. number three. And I'll, right. Yep. Good. Sorry, if, if nothing else, I've managed to put Tusk down one position <laughs> yeah. on your list. So I've, the whole countdown's a success. Um, all right, this was another swap out. So what was there is now an honourable mention, and what is there is another Australian film. Yay! And this time it's a big creature feature, which I know you're a huge fan of. Is it? Okay. I think I probably know what it is, but go Can ahead. Can you guess the type of creature? Is it a pig? It is a pig. Yeah, it's a this big is a great fuck film. Off pig this is a great Razorback. film. Yeah, Razorback um, is great. Good call. Well, Good call. Yeah, very early, pre Highlander Russell Mulcahy, just coming yeah. fresh off music videos and shit. Um, directing this amazing creature feature, setting yeah. the outback out in the middle of nowhere. Gregory Harrison, who to that point, I mean, they, they wanted an American name to obviously sell into America, and this was all they could afford. Um, so Gregory Harrison, who was very well known because he just spent five years starring on Trapper John MD on TV, but it, this was his first feature film. He'd done some TV films. This is his first actual theatrical release film. Um, and then you've got kind of a who's who of Aussie actors, um, the likes of Bill Kerr, Chris Haywood, Judy yeah. Morris, John Howard, you know, some big-ass Aussie names. Um, Arky Whiteley, the daughter of um, famous artist Brett Whiteley, um, who people would recognise from Mad Max 2 and some other stuff, uh, who very sadly died of cancer in her 30s. Uh, very sad. Um, but this, the thing that makes this movie amazing is Mulcahy's direction. It looks fucking incredible. The direction on this is... Um, Mulcahy's a weird guy. He, he Highlander, I think, is an incredibly made film. This is an incredibly made film. Highlander Two was a, that's up there with Exorcist Two as one of the what the fuck were they thinking films yeah. in history. Um, and then, other than kind of being one of the architects behind the te the Teen Wolf TV show, which is very good, has not done anything of note really ever since. He was one of those big names in music videos, sort of in the in the eighties, and. Obviously talented as fuck because these movies look, you know, this movie looks incredible. It's so stylish. Yeah. yeah. Every frame of it, you, you know, if you ever get a chance to see Razorback on a big screen, fucking yeah. jump at it. it yeah. Amazing. It's so much more than it is on paper because of the direction and cinematography, I think. Yeah. Great film. Great film. Great call. All right. My number two, because I'm doing a bit of a swapsies, <laughs> is a film that. I think it's finally starting to get a bit more recognition, at least in our circles. I've heard it discussed on uh, a few podcasts of late, and it is a film that I championed when it first came out, which was about eight years ago now. And it looks—it is Hubie Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's probably more of a thriller than a horror. Um, but I think there's enough horror elements there that it deserves being on this list. And I think you might have seen it. I'm talking about a film called The Invitation. Oh yeah, very good. Great film. Very, very good. Pro- again, probably more of a thriller, but I think I think it's got enough of the elements there that you can get away with having it on this list. And it's, it's about like a sci-fi horror thriller kind of. Kind of, yeah. Bit. It's a it's about a man who uh, is in, who is invited to a dinner party at his ex-wife's house. And um, I, I really don't want to say too much about what happens, but basically shit starts going south. And the whole movie really is a bit of a game of what's real, what's not. Is he going mm. crazy? Is she crazy? Like It's a good but, script. Yeah, it's a great script. It's not a long movie. It's only, it's I think it's about an hour and a half, maybe even less. Mm. Um, but yeah, big, big fan of The Invitation. Yeah. And who is that? It's one of the Tom Hardleys, isn't it? Uh, so the guy mm-hmm. from Upload? Not upload. Upgrade. The guy from Upgrade. All right. On to your number one. All righty. Another, well, technically it is a British director, but I'm calling good. I'm I'm, I'm claiming this one as another Australian film because the three three main performers are all Australian. Um, And it is a film called Triangle. Triangle. It rings a bell. It has Melissa George as, as the main uh, star yeah. and has Michael Dorman and Liam Hemsworth, so it's got yeah. some good Aussie calibre there. Um, it concerns a young woman who gets um, sort of dragged along with this group of friends onto a cruise ship, yeah. um, and then psychological horror, timey wimey shenanigans start happening. It's it's sort of a time loopy thing. Yeah. Um, anything more is probably going to be spoilery because it is a real mind bender <laughs> the script and direction on this is fucking next level it's yeah. seriously good you will never pick where it's going what's happening where it's going to end up um it has so many twists and turns um but it's yeah it, it's a hugely underrated i've no idea why this wasn't a massive hit other yeah, than what year is uh, it from um i want to say sort of early two. Okay. It does uh, ring a bell. I feel like I might have seen it at some point. 2009. Okay. All right. I'll, um, definitely, I'll put it on the list. There. This one is, is obviously it's my number one. This comes with my highest recommend. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's uh, it's almost up there with coherence for me as one of the best written things. Like, uh, you know, best. The plotting is just sublime and the, and the direction's amazing. Um, All right. Why this guy has done nothing of note other than I mean there was a he did a movie called Detour um, with I think Ty Sheridan which was okay but considering this is two thousand and nine and there's not yeah. really been anything you know was you know was this just everything he had just yeah. spewed and ejaculated into film and he had nothing left <laughs> and he's just been a creative husk ever since um, yeah. it's always weird when that happens he's like this is so good is it do you not for us. <laughs> Come on. Nice. Yeah. All right. Try it. Rent it on Apple. $4.99. There you Will go. do. My number one is another horror comedy, um, but I think it's so underrated. And maybe you'll tell me it's not. Maybe you'll tell me that this got its due recognition, but I, I will argue for this film till the cows come home. It's written by Diablo Cody, who I love oh. and adore. Jennifer's Body. It's 2009's Jennifer's Body. Fucking great uh, movie. No, it is, it's done. People that know it, that have seen it, love it. But yeah. it, it's definitely underappreciated and underseen. absolutely fantastic. Megan Fox giving the performance of her lifetime in this film um, as a, you know, possessed high schooler who mm. eats the flesh of her male classmates. Yep. Amanda Seyfried is so great in this film. As in everything. Um, love it's her. It's just... It's it's so much fun. The horror works. The fun works. The kind of buddy stuff works. It's. I just think that Diablo Cody is a fantastic writer. Like obviously, yeah. you know, oh, she's sure. coming off the back of Juno here. Yep. Um, I love this film. So if you haven't seen it, or if you're one of the people out there who was like, "Nah, that movie sucks," go rewatch it. <laughs> How, how anyone could say it. If you're female watching it, it's there's some great sort of sisterhood stuff in it. I think it, I think it portrays. Uh, Dear Ella Cody's great at um, writing um, interpersonal female relationships between friends. Juno was the yeah. same, and, and I think yeah. in this, particularly given the genre and the and the story, I yeah. think the scenes with the two of them and sort of working out the nature of their friendship, or is it more than friendship? Or I think that stuff's really well written. 
if you're a guy watching it, Megan Fox, come on. And they kiss. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but this is another one of the don't tease me with a fucking sequel if you're not going to give it to me. Where is my yeah. Amanda Seyfried yeah. going off hunting demons movie? <laughs> yeah. I fucking want it. Diablo Cody, I know you're a yeah. listener. Um, <laughs> give me that film because I've yeah. I've wanted it since this film came out and it still hasn't materialized. Yeah. Right, well, there you go. That's our top tens. Do you have any honourable mentions you want to run down before I get to some listener comments? Yeah, I'll quickly run through the ones that I took out because they're they're hard to find. Um, uh, I had a film called um, Delamore de la Morte, uh, which in America was called Cemetery Man, which is a fucking fabulous uh, Michel Suave um, Italian horror film. Um, Suave was... Uh, sort of worked under Dario Argento for many years. So it's got a kind of yeah. Argento feel um, about Rupert Everett, who has a job as the caretaker of the cemetery because uh, certain people after they die, after seven days come back to life and he has to be there to shoot them before they go on a <laughs> rampage. And it's just, it, it's, it's really fucking weird, but it's amazing. Um, according to Martin Scorsese, it was the greatest film released in 1993. Right. Um, okay. He's on record as, as saying that, and he, th- he says it's one of the best films of the 90s. So there you go. Go seek out Cemetery Man, um, if you can, because, as I say, came off the list because you can't fucking find it. Um, I also had but removed, because I couldn't tell people where to see it, a zombie apocalypse film called Pontypool, oh, yep. um, which is a cracking film set in a radio studio. Stephen McHattie in just the performance of a lifetime um, alongside his wife, Lisa Hull, who's also in it, um, is this shock jock who is fielding calls from people as this zombie apocalypse is going on um, yeah. outside in the world. And it's it's really good. Uh, the other one I took out is an, <laughs> another Aussie film, um, possibly the best found footage film of all time. It is a film called Lake Mungo. Okay, yeah, I saw this on a lot of incredibly hard to find, it, but I hadn't, I hadn't seen it. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, again, guy made by, written, directed by a guy, Joel Anderson, who hasn't really done anything else. Um, uh, but it's a sort of a found footage slash documentary um, about the aftermath of a girl who's drowned in Lake Mungo, um, and sort of concerns, you know, her family and how they deal with it, and all sorts. Of, it, it is one of the it's scariest fucking movies I've ever seen. <laughs> It's it's nice. really good and really okay. fucking creepy. I'll definitely check that out. All right. Uh, over to the listeners then on Facebook. And again, I'll just plug, definitely join our new Facebook community group. And <laughs> you too can have comments like this read out. Uh, our good mate, John, from the Pint Podcast. Uh, he said, underwater, people really seem to hate this. When I finally saw it, I couldn't figure out why. Great creature film with a cool twist. Is it a Chris, Christian what the Stewart? Creature- yeah, yeah, it's basically a remake I thought, of Alien. It's the Abyss. It's kind yeah. of the, the, the Alien meets the Abyss, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I liked that. I thought movie. that was good. That was only a couple of years ago. Uh, Day of the Dead. It's better than Dawn. There, I said it. And Jason you're, X. People you're wrong, inc- John. <laughs> <laughs> people, including me, love to make fun of this because how ridiculous it is that this is in space. It's just ridiculous, ridiculously <laughs> fun. I actually agree. I like. I, I'm a. I'm a fan of Jason in space. <laughs> how is he in space? Don't tell me. Don't spoil it. I really don't want to that one. Just, just out of pure curiosity. Right. Over to X at not punny honey said Aqua Slash and Spree. Two movies I haven't heard of. Are you aware of those ones? I certainly don't know. Aqua Splash. No. Spree sounds mildly familiar. I'm not. I'm not sure what it is though. I'll have to go and check those out. And a great friend of the show, DT from Space Castle. He said too many people dislike Midsummer, and it needs to change. It's a fantastic film that's terribly misunderstood and underappreciated. Who fucking I, dislikes Midsummer? I yeah, thought everyone I, loved I, that. Yes, I mean, if if I'd thought that that was an underappreciated film, it would have made my list for sure. Oh, for sure, it's yeah, a fantastic movie. Anyone, if you don't like Midsummer, go watch Midsummer again, people. Yes, yeah, I re- I oh, remember wow. seeing the the. I put that higher than Hereditary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the four-hour director's cut at the cinemas, and uh, it's even better than, you know, the theatrical cut. Very Yeah, I've, it's one of the few. I mean, if you if you like uh, A24 films, uh, yeah. free plug to their website where they have collector's editions of director's cuts that are not available yeah. through any other avenue, and they are stunningly put together. Yeah. And the Midsummer one is just beautiful, this cloth-bound yeah. slipcase, and yeah. uh, it's it's gorgeous. All right. Well, there we go. Thank you for sending in your feedback. And uh, thank you, Dave, for counting down some good movies with me. This has been fun. Yeah. Next week, I believe we're getting to some Scorsese. 
and doing some Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, provided it's on streaming and I can have toilet breaks. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I was lucky enough to, uh, last week when we caught up for a couple of beers, which was really mm. nice, during the day my um, lunchtime event got cancelled. So I was like, oh, hell, the IMAX has just reopened. I'll go check this out. And you know me, you know that I uh, cannot hold my water. I did for that entire movie. I did not need to get up once. It was, I don't want to, you know, show my cards too early when we're going to chat about it next week. But um, you're saying yeah. it was worth the 30 or $40 ticket to go to IMAX. Then the also fucking $30 parking. Jesus Christ. It turned out to be Ooh. a $60 expedition to the cinemas. Do you regret um, it? No, no. All right, maybe I'll, I'll do IMAX then. That's a, that's, a, <laughs> that's a hell of a recommendation. <laughs> you know what it is about IMAX, and I guess we could talk about this next week. It's not even the screen for me. It's the sound. The yeah. sound is, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. That's next week for you. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X, all under the handle at wewatchthething. And again, don't forget to join our new Facebook listener community. Yes, Links in the show notes. Come hang out in the online. Uh, <laughs> if you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. Get lots Definitely of uh, extra episodes, including our bonus music series, which has been a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. And we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.